it comes down to very basic things or or humanity or compassion or love for each other and um, doing the right thing being authentic being wholesome um and staying focused on what you are there to do in my case i always looked at in school systems my customers are really good and good customers are students it's not even parents how are they doing socially emotionally as i said and also academically are we preparing them to be good citizens of tomorrow that's rajman has and this is the emerging future Welcome to the Emerging Future Podcast. I'm your host, Joel DeYoung, and I have the privilege of sharing Rajman Haas's story with you. He graced us with his presence for a while and uh, shared a lot about his life and different insights that I know you'll find valuable like I did. So the Emerging Future Podcast, this is the podcast where I get to sit down with change makers like Raj. People who are curious, compassionate, and courageous about co-creating our desired and emerging future. And Raj hits the compassion piece of that vision right on the head. He, he learned compassion at a very young age in rural India, and it was the through line um, that he used to approach all of his work, all of his studies, and his entire journey. So you can check out all of the details, and he has a ton of different um, newspaper articles that have has been written about him. Um, you can find the links on lyman.space at, or no, that's lyman.space slash emerging future. That's the website with the show notes. And I also have a link to his Wikipedia page, Wikipedia page where he has a lot more information, too, um, just about his life. Um, if you want to become a patron of the Emerging Future podcast, head over to the Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash emergingfuture, and you can become a patron there. And if you want to come hang out with me and plant some trees and pull some weeds and build some trails in a 43-acre urban forest just outside of downtown Seattle. Check out chiesty.org. That's C-H-E-A-S-T-Y.org. That's a project I've been involved in, involved with for a decade now. Um, So would love to see you out there in the woods. But until I see you there, I have the opportunity to share this story with Raj, about Raj with you. So Raj is now retired he spent some time with me just reflecting on his journey. He was uh, an immigrant from northern India. So he talks a little bit about what that was like living in rural India um, in a farming community. And I think the the conversation is just so relevant considering the things that are going on with immigration in the U.S. right now. And he speaks a little bit to that. But 
you know, o- overall for me, my reflection on this is that you look at a guy like Raj and the contribution that he has made to our society as a whole is is beyond um, what so many people can can even uh, fathom accomplishing. So just take that to heart when you listen um, to Raj's story and and you hear actually the core of where Ra- Raj is coming from is a place of compassion and something he learned at a young age from his grandmother and he took that with him. And he ended up immigrating to the United States and becoming the superintendent of Seattle Public Schools overseeing 8,000 employees. And what's what's also really unique about his story is that his his journey there to, to those positions was a series of really random and unexpected transitions. And And he was just kind of centered as a compassionate person who was working hard and and those were the things that kind of kept him Raj and created this amazing and impactful life so he also served at one point um, this was around 2008 as the executive director for Seeds of Compassion so that was a unique series of events over four days in Seattle where um, the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu came along with some other influential thinkers to um, gather and engage the community in an in-depth conversation in and around the idea of compassion. So 150,000 people attended at these various events organized by the Seeds of Compassion, and 44 million people interacted with the Seeds of Compassion online. So that was just one of the things that he did. And he was involved in so um, his his entire vocational career culminated after the seeds of compassion when he he entered his final role as a superintendent at the North Thurston Public School System, which is down by Olympia in Washington. And he he took this idea of compassion and he transformed the entire school community with that idea, as well as the surrounding cities. So I'll let him explain how he uh, came to that to that position and with that um, with that just heart of compassion and and that very very clear mission that ultimately got him hired for that position and and helped transform an entire community. So sit back, relax, Enjoy Raj and this reflective conversation about his life. So without further ado, Raj Manhas. It's an interesting time to have this conversation. Yes. Considering all that's going on with the immigration laws and Donald Trump's executive order and... um. Yeah, so I was just driving up here on the way here thinking, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that at at some point. We don't have to dive right into that um, because we could probably camp out there for a while. But um, I I really just wanted to hear your story. I'm curious about your story and um, how you got to 
Bothell, Washington, and how we're sitting here today. And if you could take me back to your childhood and and um, I just kind of give a description about what it was like growing up for you. Well, Joel, I um, I was born in India in uh, northern state um, of Punjab, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, north of Delhi, um, uh, almost in the foothills of the Himalayas, where in a small little village um, where I grew up. And story goes a little back that my farming family, a Sikh family, the people who wear turban. Okay. And they, um, Punjabis mostly, they're from Punjab. The name of the state is Punjab. But this is pre-partition of India. Okay. um, When there was no Pakistan. So they used to live on the side which became Pakistan. Okay, so you're way up there. Yeah, way way up there. Uh And... um, so my family was displaced because of this partition of India in 1947. Um, when the British left, the country was divided mm-hmm. into Pakistan and India. And uh, if you remember, um, there were two parts of Pakistan. One was called West, which is that area where you know my family was. The other was East. Pakistan, which became Bangladesh later on. So anyway, it's a little history thing there, but Mm -hmm. it it was uh, British left and they divided the country and because uh, folks who are living in Pakistan now, they wanted uh, an Islamic state, Mm -hmm. more a Muslim state, um, Muslim-dominated state. So my family, being a Sikh family, we were farmers, and they were doing well, but they had to leave um, because it, they felt it would not be a good place mm-hmm. for them to live as a, as a kind of primarily um, an Islamic country um, where India was going to be secular and democratic. And when you say Sikh, mm-hmm. is Sikh, S-I-K-H. S-I-K-H. If you don't know, I think you may want to research a little bit. It's a small community, small number of percentage of people in India. Um, But this community has done pretty well overall. Even though partition, they lost a lot land and a lot of different things during that time because that has been our state. So I moved... It's a longer story, but I'll, I'll share that I was born after a uh, few months after they moved. Okay. And so I grew up in a very um, difficult time in their life. I was born and raised because they were looking for land, what they lost. So it took them to find the place where they'll, they had some land. They were farmers. So what type of farming? Um, we did, our family did all kind of, you know, in Punjab area, primarily it's um, wheat, um, corn, 
Um, now they grow some rice, but mostly it was that during my time, and vegetables and all kind of, you know, they just like very fertile land. It's a very nice area up there. And they became actually that province, even though it was a smaller Punjab, the combined Punjab was huge, big Punjab, because, you know, 60-some percent of Pakistani speak Punjabi, hmm. my mother tongue. So so we on our side, we were living together for centuries. It's just uh, uh, when this thing happened that it was a trauma for the whole community. Hindu and Sikhs, they left uh, from that side and Muslims left from our side. So it was a migration of people based on religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and there was a lot of bloodshed too. It was not a very um, and now there are people writing a lot more about this. But it it was not uh, so for my 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 growing up. <laughs> I was born in a little village, and 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 that was actually happened to be my way back ancestral village where, where my grandparents had a little place, so we could all be there for short term. But we were a huge tribe and a lot of people, cousins, uncles, and farming community, family. And so then they found this other place where they got some land and, you know, what they lost. And that happened to be very close to the mountains okay. um, where I grew up. How long did it take to find it? Like how? Well, I think uh, they must have gotten there around uh, 50, 51. Um, but I stayed with my grandparents in that other village where I was born. And um, and then I moved to my rest of the family. <laughs> I was by myself with my grandparents and they joined the rest of the family, uh, I think 53, 1953. So I don't know if you read that Salman Rushdie's book, um, Midnight uh, Children or something. That's the name, I think. And, mm-hmm. and I think he wrote, he's probably of my age. <laughs> so, okay. So he was also born at the same time. Midnight children, they, he called it. I have to check that out. So yeah. how old were you when you finally, you and your grandparents moved? In? I was uh, seven years old. Seven. Okay. Yes. So for the first seven years, it was pretty nomadic? No, we were living in a, in a house, small house. As I said, they had our way, way back ancestral home was that village, which okay. was on, happened to be on this side. And they will, my, my grandparents will love to go there once in a while, even though they were living on the Pakistan, you know, that side which became Pakistan. Mm-hmm. At that time, there was no border, of course. They'll just go, okay, we are going to that place or this place. And uh, so they had land, a lot more land over there, um, which they had to leave, but, but they had a place, but it was a small place. And that's where I, I lived with them first few years and they became actually that my time with my parents grandparents especially my grandma became one of the most uh, um, um, I guess beautiful memories and uh, also in my whole life people have asked me who are your mentors and my grandma became my one of the most important mentors in my life so I, I think about that and with a lot of warmth and love. And she went with you when you moved? Yes. So how long was she living with you? Well, 
as I said, I was just by myself for a few years, and then we all, three of us, my grandparents and myself, we joined the rest of the family mm-hmm. in 53. And the rest of the family, how many people are there? Oh, probably 25. Okay. Because my, my uncles, their kids, are my cousins. It was a large, and, uh, and that's how they lived uh, on the side which became Pakistan, a large, complex farm. They all worked. And, and there were some other people who provided them help. They were reasonably good-sized farmers, you know, so... But they were very entrepreneurial people, and they very quickly, they started... They lost everything, but they started working hard, and and that also became part of my part of my life there, growing up there, going to school in that place. Soroa, S-A-R-O-Y-A. Soroa is the name. Uh, we we had to work on the farm, all of us, all of my siblings and cousins, and then go to school and do all the chores and everything. So hard work, getting up early in the morning, um, became part of my being hmm. from that time. But one thing I want to share is that people have asked me, I don't know how many times during my different discussions, it, it is really amazing the mindset of hard work and um, not giving up and difficult times will go away you know those are the sort of lessons I learned because they were pretty hard working people uh, no we will come back and we'll do whatever is needed to be done so they encouraged us all of our kids to do well in school and my siblings older siblings, they did really well. And um, one of them became a real role model, I mean, the, the oldest ones for all of us, but he, a brilliant man, and he must have gone through the most difficult time because he was about 12, 13 years old when they had to leave everything. And um, so he came to United States in 1959 to do his PhD in chemistry from University of Texas, Austin, and uh, he went back, and I was still a young kid and growing up, and so he inspired me um, to come to United States. What's he his went name? back. His name is Dr. Baldev Singh Manhas. He retired quite a few years ago, but retired as Dean of Sciences of Punjabi University. Uh, there, are two, there were two major universities at that time in that province, and one of them was this Punjabi. And he's um, he's living in that area right now, and uh, my family, uh, we are going soon, in a couple of weeks, to visit him. That's pretty special. Yes. So my grandmother was inspiration to me, uh, the love, the warmth, um, of uh, the the compassion, the the love for fellow human beings. Um, you know, there is some group of people who talk about it. She lived it, and so even I can talk now. I get very emotional. But one of the things, like you used to say, and I had no idea why we left. Of course, I was so little at that time. But she used to explain once I became a little older. And then she talked about Sikh history because we, we as a community, suffered a lot way back, but they became one of the most, um, I guess, um, 
they became great warriors because they had they were living close to this Khyber Pass where invaders will come to India for centuries, invade and do some bad things. And so we had to fight along with other Punjabis, but Sikhs. And then they ruled that area for 40, 50 years wow. at one time. Very small minority. So, so the, the sharing that history, she will share with me that when I shared these stories, please remember, she'll tell me, that we Muslims are good people. She says, you know, you, you'll, you'll talk about this or that, but they're just like us. Because she lived there all her life and she grew up with them. And so she says, no, mm-hmm. don't ever think this whole division happened. And, um, but, you know, those are, so she'll share example of something, then she'll be correct, correct, telling me right away, no, 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 no. This is, don't, don't look at this whole community, they're all bad. If someone, one of them did something bad. Historic things, you know, when she was sharing. Mm-hmm. Some names and some cast, some people will come up. But she'll remind me, there is a goodness everywhere. It's just some of us sometimes don't behave nice way. So I, I think that love, um, forgiveness, um, always thinking positive, always thinking good of the world. Um, and she always talked about this. My community has this prayer which ends with, um, it's difficult to translate, but I'll, I'll let me say this. They say, Nanak naam chardi kala tere paane sarbat dapala. Nanak was the founder of the faith, who basically, Muslims still revere him, love him, even to this day. Most of his places are there in Pakistan. And um, so his message was through this thing that um, um, you need to stay upbeat and do everything you can for fellow human beings, but you have to think good of the whole world, not yourself just yourself or your own community. And that, I'm not a very, I was not very much into religion. Mm-hmm. But there were some basics, I'm still not, but I, I just loved that humanitarian message. Uh, my faith gave me, but my grandmother is the one, at that time I didn't know what faith is all about. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, she, will, she will just, the way she will react and talk, that's what became part of my being. So that was that, and then I think um, I need to, uh, I, I did well in school, just like my elders, another one became engineer, another one teacher, and you know, different. See, but that's interesting, because yeah. your brother mm-hmm. goes off. Yes. And goes off to the U.S. Yes. And gets his Ph.D. and comes back, and yes. you're still in India. Yes. So, I mean, there's kind of a, um, you know, a star, or somebody yes. like paving the way that's, yes. you know, that's... Yes giving you an idea of what's possible. Absolutely. So how do you go from a farming village in northern India to uh, getting your PhD in the U.S.? Well, I, I didn't do PhD, so let me explain to you. Uh, I did not do PhD, so my... But this is your brother. You brother, know. he did PhD. Yeah, yeah. He, he just is a brilliant man. He, mm-hmm. he with the, even this partitioned India losing everything 
and a well-off family becoming basically refugee mm-hmm. in their own country. Um, he went to this little college, not very far, and he was one of the top performers in the state, I think number four or five, in pre-medicine. Okay. And then he couldn't go to medical school because my parents didn't even have money at that time to, because it had to go to a city and, and, and feed him and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Even college was willing to pay for most of the other things. So he ended up staying close in a, in a place where one of my uncles was working, so he stayed with him and he did his bachelor in science uh, honors and he topped the university and then he went to uh, master's, he did the same. So when he applied at UW, various universities in the U- United States, so they offered him fellowship and research, you know, kind of money. Mm-hmm. So that's what brought him to okay. the United States. It wasn't, um, so he had a good offer in, in finances and um, and so he finished his PhD and went back and he he wanted to live in India and uh, I time at times I gave him bad time I said you know you could have done much better in the United States uh, but he's he's fine he's he's happy so with me uh, I finished my high school in my village and um, I um, I was a good student, and then I also was the top student throughout my schooling there. And we had to work hard, as I said, and also do well. My, my, my parents, my mom and dad, they expected us, all of us, to do really well in school. So that was a given. <laughs> it was the expectations like that. But still, you have to do this. I think we learned humility. We learned sharing. We learned teamwork. We learned... To, to, to be together. The human relations in a large family, you learn. Mm-hmm. There are always going to be some challenges. But I, um, I think from that place, and I ended up doing pre-engineering and then engineering. Uh, I did my bachelor in engineering um, from Punjab Engineering College. It was very, it still is one of the very well-known engineering schools in India. Um, India is huge. This must be, I think, in the top 10, 11, 12 engineering schools. It still is. A very competitive. Uh, so that was a, a place called Chandigarh. Name is Chandigarh. And Chandigarh was a newly created city uh, because our Punjab, because Punjab was divided, Punjab's capital used to be Lahore, which is in Pakistan. So they needed to create a new capital. Mm-hmm. So they hired this, um, the government of India hired an architect from Europe. I, I, I believe he was a, a Swedish, a French kind of uh, guy, Carbuzier, a very famous architect. So he created the whole city. He lived there 10, 11 years, um, found the right place, and it's in the, again, the mountains. So I went to a beautiful place there uh, in in my engineering school was I, that a three year four, uh, four year? years engineering and it was aeronautics okay aeronautics engineering and then i applied here because of boeing connection so uh, to university, university of washington, washington okay master's program but as a again I, I'll, I'll summarize because it's a longer story my whole life story is such that it's almost impossible to explain how did you do this? And if you look at my resume, 
every job I did in my life, if you look at my previous work, while that doesn't fit with this, how did this happen? <laughs> I say I love that. Yeah, how did it happen? I, I'm, I'm way ahead of, I think what now people say, everybody's going to have four or five different, you know, kind of different right. kind of jobs. <laughs> but I did it way back 40 some years ago. So I came to study aeronautics here and, um, and I met some uh, students from India who were already here, graduate students, PhD students, master's students. And uh, they advised me that in aeronautics, if you want to end someday, if you want to decide to stay here or do something, uh, um, aeronautics was in bad shape because the employment was bad. The Boeing had a major layoff in late 60s. I arrived here in 73, 1973. Uh, September of 73 in Seattle. It was a much smaller place. Mm -hmm. And um, and anyway, I switched to industrial engineering master's program with the focus on business. And that actually, to be honest, became one of the most beautiful things happened to me. I had no idea that I could shift and change because I, because I was good in school. So I did engineering. I don't think my heart was in engineering. I was more of a people person. I think that warmth and the love and everything I got from my family and my, my grandmother and others, not that all of our siblings are the same because everybody is you know, different, but I had that passion for music, uh, poetry, and even when I'm an engineering student, where most of my, my, my fellow students, they were into just brilliant kids but they were typical engineers, you know. So yeah. I wanted to leave. <laughs> I wanted to leave <laughs> engineering somehow. That is there something else I can do? So that was one of the best things happened. This kind of quick advice I got from one of my um, roommates. Um, he was a PhD student here. He said, well, this might be a good thing. Why don't you talk to Dean of Industrial Engineering? And so and it's a longer story on that too, how I got in. But it's a, I, I basically gave him a challenge. I said, give me whatever courses you feel. Because he was saying, you don't have a bachelor degree in industrial engineering. So how do we give you admission in master's? So I said, well, here is Dr. Drui. Give me whatever courses you feel the first quarter. And I'll talk to the aeronautics department and see if they can extend my you know, admission for another quarter. And if I don't do well, then I'll go back there. But otherwise, if you feel I'm done okay, I'll, I'll be here. So that, and then on top of that, I did really, really well. I, I, I won't bore you with that. But You were I, like, give me a chance. Chance, I'll do it. Yeah. So f five, five courses, I aced them. And th there was a scholarship, which I had no idea, a 15 scholarship for whole university for foreign students. Somebody must have endowed a good amount of money and say, okay, any foreigner and graduate program is look you know if it does so well in the first first quarter and that that no application nothing so i got a letter from them that i got a scholarship for my whole master's program for fees this came out of nowhere nowhere at the UW. it like showed up in your mailbox oh, mailbox come on <laughs> absolutely then there was some sort of at that time what they did was they just looked at the top 15 kids from all 150 some oh had come that particular year from all over the world. 
So somebody, you know, I don't know if they still have it, but at that time, that scholarship of for top 15 students based on their grade point average in the first quarter, they'll get a letter that your fees is, is, is free for the whole master's program. So you went from give me a chance yes. to three months later, three, your full uh, ride. Full, yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. Now, these are the things I don't know. They are beyond explanation. Mm -hmm. I was really concerned. I was ready to work in the hub, Husky Union building there and whatever things they do. I, I went there probably, I don't know, 40 years later, just recently with my wife. We happened to be there in faculty club for something. And I said, Rana, let me show you. I said, it's very different now, but I was ready to serve all of this stuff. But I got lucky that I got this. So, so these are the sort of things when you think about it. I mean, that is really bizarre mm -hmm. <laughs> so but it happened to me a lot of times in my life and but that again i worked very hard very hard the first quarter um i said you know there's a language i could read and write english pretty well but speaking was a problem and even accent listening and i'll sit up front and and really really worked hard and uh, so that paid off i did my masters in industrial engineering and then the same professor dr drewy was my advisor, he was a dean of that school, and um, he said, oh, head of the school, I guess chairman at that time, they called him head of the department. Um, he, he got a call from a local bank called Rainier Bank. Uh, he said, Raj, they are looking for somebody with a master's degree in industrial engineering, if you have interest in applying um, for operations, research systems, internal consulting kind of work, okay. and they're forming a new team. So I ended up in banking. Um, we were 10 people in that consulting group, in bank's own consulting group. Five of us, like me, and five were kind of seasoned bankers, relatively young, but so they formed teams of us, you know. So I thought that was brilliant um, by the man, um, people who designed it. They said, well, we need somebody like, like me who, have, who don't know anything about banking. And then there is somebody from inside the banking they put together. They used to give us all kind of projects, different things, different ideas, and then say, okay, explore this, look into this, see what we can do. And that was my, my first job. And they got me the immigration also. I told them that, okay, I, I'm not, I don't have immigration. And, but they, there was some provisions at that time um, people like me who finished degrees here, they could work for, uh, I think, a year and a half or so. In the meantime, you apply through labor department and immigration. So the bank took care of most of that for me. And, and so I got American, uh, what, what do they call it? Resident alien. That's called green card. You got a green card. Which is in the news right now. Yeah. And it was it was really, really strange when I heard that for first five years of my life, because I couldn't become citizen unless I'm a green card holder for five years. So I got my citizenship five, six years, five years later. But I was just thinking about this news recently. I said mm -hmm. I would be one of the people if I'd gone to India. And I did go to India as soon as I got green card. I could have been stuck in that and left outside the country. Mm -hmm. So it's um, it's chilling. It's chilling. You're right. Um, we can talk a little later. But uh, people like me, who 
a lot of people like me. I mean, we, we had to go through a lot of... I mean, it's not the American... This is one I have to say, Joe. I, regardless of what's going on with our national scene right now, the American generosity, I felt it, I experienced it. There must be some, I'm sure there was some discrimination, but my own example, even in banking, which was very strange at that time, it was all white male mm -hmm. leadership. I mean, other jobs people could do, women and people of color. I mean, I'm talking about late 70s and early 80s, um, when I started, and I did really well. I don't know. Um, I had a great relationship with people. I think when we talk about these kind of things, mm -hmm. I always go back. I'm jotting down some of the things on my life for my kids, if nothing else, you know, my life story. But I keep on thinking, what is it that somebody like me a kid who was born in a little dusty village uh, in a displaced family, which was pretty penniless at that time, that could come and become superintendent of Seattle Public Schools. Um, I think the first thing I, I, I think about is, is love for fellow human beings. I love people. It doesn't matter who you are. I just look at people as a fellow, as a human being. And that, remember that prayer thing I talked about? And grandma. And grandma. She, she was so good. And some of the people will come and see her and say, I remember her, I was sitting with her. And she said, well, and she was a matriarch of the family and they were wealthy people, but they lost everything. But she will have some money or something. And I remember she used to have a pocket here and um, one woman came and she needed some money. And so she pulled like this, like this, exactly. She says, this is all I have. So take it. And she extended her hand. Yep. And that image has never left me. Never left me. That's beautiful. And I think people talk about stories. They talk about, write books. But you learn compassion and love and generosity in real action. And the other story I want to share before we move to my, my work here is from her time. When we moved to this, uh, this other village, which was formerly a Muslim village mm -hmm. predominantly, who left, and it was kind of deserted. And, and all I remember as a seven years old kid, there was no Sikh temple. We call it Gurdwara. There was no, nothing there, but there were few families like me. Our family moved from other areas. Uh, and they, they, there was a mosque, and they started using the mosque as a place of worship. Mm -hmm. You know, for Sikhs, it's, it's okay, there's only one God, and we are all equal, and that kind of stuff, and no caste. You know, that was a little, little different than Hinduism, and, and, and that we are all equal. So I remember, uh, and Sikh service, whenever we did, it was just generally once a month in those days, um, they'll have food you know, which is to serve to everyone, whoever, and everybody's welcome. There's no, um, no difference here. So she used to teach, tell me all these things. So when I saw that there were some kids who were sitting outside, 
uh, outside the temple and waiting. They were not going inside. So I asked her one day, going home, I said, you know, Grandma, why, why they're sitting outside? And she said, well, she explained to me in Indian language, they are like untouchables, you know, they are, they, you know, the lowest of the low castes of mm -hmm. India is untouchable. So my question to her was, uh, but Grandma, you told me that in Sikh faith, everybody is same, everybody is equal. Um, I know exactly where we stood in the spot. And so I, and she looked at me and she tried to explain because this caste thing is 3,000 some years old, 4,000 in India, generations. Um, thousands of years and even the Muslims couldn't eradicate they became Muslims but they are still have the caste stuff mm. so I so but she was um, she was she she said to me she ex tried to explain I said no I don't want to go to temple again because it hurt me deeply mm -hmm. watching kids like me sitting outside and I don't know if the people inside were telling them not to come in or they just themselves because they expected this is their place. Right. And, uh, but one thing she has left, she left with me, which I shared so many times in leadership discussions, mentoring, when we talk about mentoring. So this was her, the, her words that, son, um, you're asking very good questions. And I don't have very good answers. She realized. But also she said, because you're asking those kind of questions because you have good heart. So never lose that. Keep on asking those questions which start from your heart. Um, you are asking very good questions, and I don't have very good very answers. Very good answers. And yes, Grandma. <laughs> you know, yes. I, I look back, Joel, to be honest, why, I, I mean, I'm not trying to say that there are some of us who are more tuned into what's going on around us. And I think when you ask me, how did, how did I get, I think that particular part of my personality, which I, I cannot take even credit for, because this is who I am. So it was always easy for me to be absolutely authentic and honest with people without being angry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so all of these jobs, the last few jobs, superintendent down in Olympia area for seven years, North Thurston Public Schools, and then Seattle, I was there for six years, year and a half as chief operating and four and a half as superintendent. And prior to that, with the city of Seattle, I was director of operations for the utilities, water, drainage, solid waste. And then prior to that, I was with the banking, that job I had, a kind of internal operations, head of operations for that bank. And then they, that bank was bought by Security Pacific. I became regional manager for four states. So I held pretty large, uh, high-level positions. And I always, I'm sitting in these corner offices and truly humbled once in a while I'm leaving the place or leaving I said well, why me but with gratitude towards the universe mm -hmm. towards God whatever you feel whatever is, is your 
source of inspiration. Uh, and in my case, always I thought about, you know, the, the fellow who uh, started this. He, I don't think he meant to start a faith, but it was more of his philosophy, a way of life, Guru Nanak. That inspires me that now in even Pakistan newspapers I read, just recently, just a couple of days ago, people writing about him, wow. Muslims. And then, 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 then the blog goes on, nobody will say anything bad about him. Nobody. They say, he's, he's our hero. I mean, you don't hear this. You know, a lot of time people badmouth every Muslim is this, every... Especially online. Online. <laughs> and, and, and then they are saying, because he just spread a message of love. So I think about him. I said, you know, because I'm not, a, as I said, very much, I didn't go to Sikh temples, regular basis, but all I learned was from my grandma and whatever I learned later. I said, the faith is universal. It, it, it says anybody's welcome and no differences. Women, men are equal. Um, but the basics are that you do, you do honest with honest living. You know, that means whatever you earn is honest living. It's, it's not about any bad stuff doing to anybody and, and learn your livelihood with good work. And then out of that money you raise or whatever you earn, share with people who don't have as much. So those were, and then think about God and thank. And do seva. Seva is a service. Service, any sort of service. So Sikh temple you go, doesn't matter what kind of clothes you're wearing. You you get down there and fix food or whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that people take pride in that. And I that moves me um, personally that I have tried to do that seva in my jobs. That I'm working with my fellow human beings. Of course, there are missions and goals and running a large school system, 8,000 employees of Seattle Public Schools. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's a pretty, uh, uh, at times, um, uh, very uh, difficult um, responsibility at times you, because public and operations, so, so you're CEO, then you're your chief communicator, you, are, you, you have to look at all these people, the unions, the positions, whatever, and the community, all kind of communities. I learned so much from that, but I, I do feel it, my kids will say, Papa, are you safe? Because I was in the papers all the time, and people will yell and scream at board meetings, and and as you know, schools, big city schools always get the highest attention mm -hmm. and, and media. And so all the media will be there. And th that was not my part of my life. I, I spent 17, 18 years in banking. And then I worked in city. Um, that's when I got into public stuff. But Seattle schools, what I felt always there is when people are yelling and screaming and my way of just dealing with that was I'll send love towards them. Mm. Just sitting there looking at them, I'll send love. I mean, you can't. They have to speak. They have three minutes, every one of them. Right. They can say whatever they want to say, sometimes not very good things. <laughs> so, but I knew deep in my heart, my intentions are pure. I don't have anything against this person. Mm -hmm. There is some unhappiness in him or her. We need to figure that out. And a lot of times I'll ask my staff or myself during break or later 
connect with the person. So can you, you want to sit down? So I remember one time this man used to be so angry, so difficult. I invited him to my office. I said, well, when can you come? He says, I can come tomorrow or day after, whenever he said. I said, okay. And so my assistant said, Raj, we have this. And I said, well, let's change some of that. I, wanna, I told him that we can come. So he came and I, you know, we ended up spending an hour and a half just you and I sitting there. We ended up exchanging okra recipes. <laughs> So he was from South, African-American guy, and he grew up in South. I had no idea they eat okra in South. So I don't know how that came up. And and then I, I said, yeah, I know how to make okra. We grew okra. So we became, not that we became friends, but I think this whole, this otherness went away. Right. And we are, I said, mm-hmm. well, what, tell me what, what your biggest things are. And I, some of them we could take care of. Mm-hmm. And I think that he was right in certain things. Mm-hmm. And, and the school system wasn't fair. And that's, of course, I, I, I couldn't change the past. But I said, I need to listen to his story. So I think being humble, honoring people, listening to people as fellow human beings, not that I'm, a, yes, my position said this, but when I'm sitting one-on-one, those are the things, and authenticity, and of course, hard work. I, I really... And that is part of my uh, bringing, upbringing there in a difficult time. Hard work always been part of my being. So when people can't use excuses with me, I mean, throughout my work, mm-hmm. wherever I work, I said, well, I still love you, but come on now, this is not acceptable. So you have to perform, you have to do well. If you, this is not working for you, well, we change something, do something different. Mm-hmm. But so high performance but love and compassion for each other, but being authentic. I think that is one of the things. I might write something about this whole leadership in it. I don't know. I have a lot of ideas. Because people are missing the boat, they can create a lot of these other stories. I read this. I went to this program. I went to top-notch business schools in the country. But the basics are so simple. Mm-hmm. How to be a good leader. And that's where a lot of time we miss that. So if somebody like me, you know, you heard my background, where I came from, and could be trusted to run the largest school system in the state, and um, uh, someone who didn't even go to high school here, um, I, I, I am, I, I am. Uh, uh, amazed at that, but at the same time, I think it's the basics of us as human beings. I mean, it's not anything I'm saying to just say, okay, Raj, you're great. No, 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 no. It's just the way, uh, that behavior, that the personality, which is which has been part of my being, which uh, I didn't have to work at it. So, so then it's difficult to take credit for something which I didn't work. I mean, I, this is right. this is who who I am. Why can't we? My question is always: Why can't more people be like that, and our world will be so beautiful? But we can help people. That I'm I'm a deep believer in. Mm-hmm. We can help people because once they see you, like I saw my grandmother, even as a child, I picked up some of those things from her but you have to be aware of that that this is happening mm-hmm. you have to be noticing some things which i noticed or she helped me with 
Yeah, that's why I think your story is so powerful because you've experienced um, a significant part of your life already and you have these kind of through lines um, in these very um, random transitions yes. that have gone smoothly Yes, because of these foundational principles. And I'm hearing, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm hearing curiosity. Yes. I'm hearing... That's the questions that you were asking at a young age. Um, and empathy, <laughs> this uh, foundational idea that we're all connected as humans. Yes. And, and it's that humanity that we need to really look into and have that be the driver. <laughs> yes. And then the love that encompasses and holds kind of the everything together. Absolutely right. And let me share as part of the same sort of uh, all of those themes you, you brought up. Um, when I took over um, the school system of about 15,000 students down in Olympia area, it's called Lacey. City is Lacey, but it's called Northwestern Public Schools. Um, I decided, I took a, a little time off in between Seattle job and that job. I was involved in that Seeds of Compassion gathering in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I, can you tell us about that? So they had recruited me, some of the people here, who had already connected with the Dalai Lama, His Holiness Dalai Lama, to uh, come to Seattle along with Desmond Tutu, along with some of the scientists, um, brain scientists, social scientists. Idea was that can we do a little five-day gathering here that we can raise the level of awareness of comp uh, awareness uh, for, for sporting our little kids with compassion. Uh, more we work with them in a compassionate, uh, compassionate environment, the better it will be for them. This kind of goes to your whole idea of how do we do this on a, a widespread, yes. or like on a larger scale. Absolutely. How do we scale this idea up and get people to be more compassionate? And that's the part I want to share. And then someday, if you or I think we should do this, that we can I can drag towards this school system down in Olympia, from, I mean, in, in Lacey, where I retired from, um, I used that work we did here, and um, there were thousands of volunteers, but few of us worked full-time for a few months to, to, to organize that. I was executive director, and the people who, who organized this, who recruited me, there were others, you know, who collected money and, you know, two, three million dollars. It was a big event, mm -hmm. and the Dalai Lama had asked that everybody, I mean, there should be no tickets for money, you know. And we even went to um, um, with Andy Himes, who attended that meeting the other day. Mm -hmm. um, we went to even um, homeless uh, group and gave 200 tickets to homeless people. They came to the, one of the events. Uh, so we were we were really outreach was so great. And students one day from 14, 15,000 kids in Key Arena uh, from all over the state. So we we did all of that stuff. But I I, I think I was so tuned into that and with my connections with the state and the legislators and the governors and we brought the governor 
and 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 the superintendents of schools it became personally i took i mean i spent so much time with some other people who were volunteering helping reached out to almost everybody the mayors the county executives and all of that and so it was very empowering um uh, time <coughs> but one of the things i i just then i realized once i got this job in lacy could be my goal was could we try that whole way of being in the school system so i'm so happy to share with you that um after i left now i mean in seven years total but took me one year at least to get settled and in, i mean i introduced the whole idea to the board that we are going to focus on whole child rather than just academics here is someone who was good in school coming from me i mean always i was pretty good student but as you heard my story i felt it was the other wholeness the social emotional well-being which has made me whole and made me i think more than a whole mm-hmm. <laughs> more than academics mm-hmm. being a good human being and being compassionate and how can we so they and i explained to them i was one of the three finalists and you know the superintendent jobs are people it they are very um lot of people are involved there's a whole day of interviews and that evening ends with people from all over the area there room full of people they can question or ask you anything and they did and i made this big point i said you know this is what my focus is and i told the board if you and they interviewed me after that first interview second interview and then the final after all the public meeting uh, i said this is raj explained to us this and i said well this is so important to me that i am uh, if that is doesn't work with your thinking then i may not be the right person i was so passionate about this mm-hmm. after the seeds of compassion work and and looking at my whole life that what gave me as you said how did you get these you know how do, i said that's the part which has been so beautiful so uh, accepted by people and everyone even the people who didn't like me they couldn't they couldn't complain about that part that mm-hmm. he was mean to us or he was bad to us you know you take up i mean you you just so anyway so that school system um the number of discipline issues in kids so there are a lot of different so things wait, wait. <laughs> you have this you have the, the interview process mm-hmm. and you've got a so you're used to having rooms full of people yes and people yelling at you yes yes <laughs> so so this wasn't something <clears throat> new for you um was anybody like getting upset or was everybody pretty much just well i think a couple of questions, questions came in in the area that maybe um Raj is going to bring Buddhism here because Dalai Lama is a Buddhist, you know. Mm-hmm. So I okay. explained to them, I said, you know, I mean, they, was not, they were not saying straight, so I had to rephrase. And I said, this is your question. So, okay, let me explain <laughs> to you. <laughs> Number one, I said, I'm not a Buddhist, you know. But, but Dalai Lama is a well-known figure in the world. I said, you know, he goes to our Congress, he goes to other queens and kings and invite him. He's a monk. So what are we afraid of? Please don't be afraid of him. And then the money, all spent money was raised by the business community and others, leaders of the Seattle area who provided it. I, you know, I, mean, it, I was just working there for a few months. Mm-hmm. But, but the part I want to share is that, yes, they hired me 
And uh, I think the, the, the thing we did, we called it first in the positive behavior system in the school system. This was kind of like a full-fledged program which um, I assigned someone to really lead that and that every student, their behavior will be looked at along with academic growth. Uh, how, how are they doing? And, and, uh, and really honoring them when they behave very well, like to eliminate bullying and all of that stuff. So our discipline issues went down almost 40% within two, three years. Almost 40%. All the, you know, kind of kids are sitting in principal's offices. Mm-hmm. The kids start behaving much better. We were, it, it still is a shock there, but now, I mean, it has moved way forward. I, I can just share this. What did you call it? it we, uh, first we called it uh, this whole child focus. Whole child. Whole child. And part of the whole child, you have to create some systems and structures to monitor. Mm-hmm. Well, you can just say kids are whole and they're doing well, but, but how do you know? So, of course, we created these structures where every school, every classroom, kids will be monitored. Uh, I mean, their behavior will be monitored along with the academics. So it, they both became part of the, this triangle we created. And then, so, so we always counted discipline issues, you know, in every grade, in every class, in every mm-hmm. school. And, and we will honor kids. The schools had their own, we gave them flexibility to do their own programs, but they'll do programs like if, Bus drivers were trained. Food workers were trained. So they'll they'll treat you. Joel, come on in. Good morning. How's your day? So the drivers were trained to be compassionate and loving. And the same thing with the food workers. Are you and coming up with this training? Like, is yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're, you're making yeah, yeah, this yeah. up. No, 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 no. This is this is something happened, <laughs> and it's still happening. I love it. Yeah, still happening in Northwestern public schools, and um, so we made such a big deal out of that. So everybody. We wrote articles, made presentations at the state level. You know, my staff did, and, and I also joined a couple of times in the state level board. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all boards get together, superintendents get together a um, couple of times a year. So we made some of those, and data became, and a lot of other school systems wanted to do it, and they, they started learning. But then idea was not doing just one school, doing every school. So there were 21 schools there at that time, now 22. All of them know what PB, we called it positive behavior intervention system, PBIS. And so PBIS, they, they document, they, they record, there's the matrix, you know, so how many you had last year or year before or year before, show some progress. Mm-hmm. And, and so there were, there were so many different things they did within each school. They'll have assemblies to honor, so kids, how many, you know, how many coins you get or how many this you get. Uh, that way, kids were inspired. They started talking to their families, and some of them came from very difficult settings. And uh, so then we felt it'd be good to really expand that into the community. So we, we then called, started calling ourselves Compassionate Schools. So I said, you know, we will join this international movement uh, Andy Himes connected us with, it's called, um, you know, there is a group you can join, uh, a, a charter of um, compassionate schools. Uh, so the board passed a formal resolution, and uh, so we became that. And then we inspired our city there, uh, city of Lacey, because we used to meet with them, their council and our board, twice a year. 
So we proposed, I proposed, I said, Siri, this is what we, and they were very happy to hear that we are doing so well in discipline and all of that. Our graduation rates were going up, our performance was going up, academics was really doing well, but also this side was doing well. So they, they also adopted, uh, like two years ago, uh, the same program. They call themselves Compassionate City. And before I left, when I was my last presentation to this large group of people of the business community, Chamber of Commerce of that county, and I got so much love from everybody, uh, everybody. Far right, who, who rarely supported schools on the levees and bonds, they came together to support us. And some of them said, well, Raj, we never supported the, that kind of bond. 175 million we had asked to build. It's a relatively poorer community. Olympia is a little richer, but Lacey, is, we are the largest school system, but poverty is like, um, poverty is described by free and reduced lunch. You know how many kids, mm -hmm. what percentage of kids have free and reduced lunch? We had about 45% kids okay. who qualified for free and reduced. And 45% kids of color. Uh, there are 11% kids from military base. You know, right, there's a the big family, base down there. Military families, and they're from all over the country. And, mm -hmm. and so, but I wanted our staff to know, and again, it's tied with my own kind of psyche from way back. Just because you're poor doesn't matter. Right. And you can do equally or better. So now that school system is performing. I just read they are 90% graduation right now, you know, once I left them, I and that's Whoa. the day. It, it was around 80 something, you know. So 10% growth in a few years, five, six, seven years. I was very happy. And, and the, some of the schools which were not performing well, they're really, really doing well. So back to the point, the city adopted it. The chamber, chamber adopted it now. So the chamber, okay. That businesses are going to be compassionate. So I'm still in touch with the, the, uh, the key chief communicator there, head of communication, uh, executive director of communication and, and uh, com community engagement, um, Courtney Shreve. So I was just texting her the other day. She, I said, Courtney, how are things? I said, that's one thing I'll come anytime you invite me. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how is this progress? It was the love I got from everybody there. There are a lot of political people because they, they work in Olympia. Right. And uh, I think they are all inspired by this. So I'm just taking this whole idea of my grandmother talking about yep. this, little, this little situation when I was a little kid. And then I, you know, I can go so many different spots in my whole journey. But I believe... That is what we need as a society. We need more now. We need to bring in this otherness into the fold and say, come on now, we are all together. We are doing the right thing. And uh, I, I, I cannot explain to you this love and warmth I got from that whole community. I didn't have any yelling and screaming in all my seven years. Um, but the board and, and the community um, everybody. I mean, I'm talking about police chiefs, county. Um, by the time, actually, at my this little retirement function, did Andy come? I think he may have gone there, Andy Himes. But there was people from everywhere there, and the chief prosecuting attorney of, of that county, a very nice man, and I said, John, I think this is now next is you. I said, bring this into your whole you know, legal system, the kind of compassion. Yes, you have to do certain things, but how it is done. 
And so they said, Raj, we're going to think about it. And I said, okay. So that's one thing, you know, as you can see, I get very passionate about when I see the results. And it was the idea of a whole child. And it, it grown into a whole community embracing the idea of compassionate community and, uh, and, and doing something about it. That's beautiful. I mean, you're, you're getting interviewed, you know, and you're saying this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Yeah. We're doing the whole child. Absolutely. If you hire me, we're doing the whole child. Absolutely. And then you did the whole child within the one school that you were at, or you were superintendent of yes. a few schools, and it worked so well that... Expanded to the city. The whole city started to do it, or the whole schools, and then you expanded into beyond we, the school system into yes. the actual communities. So yes. now any business owner can go, I want to be a compassionate business. Yes. And I was even telling them recently, recently in a conversation with a couple of people, and I said, you know what? This could be your tagline for your whole community. Uh, the businesses who, who think like this, they will come there. You will grow. You'll do well. Houses are still pretty reasonable. Price, Seattle has become very expensive. So, so I said, number one is the right thing to do. There you the go. Secondly, it's, it's a great marketing thing for you. Mm -hmm. to, this, is our, this is who we are as a community. And it's authentic. 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 And so I, I think uh, as you, I'm an, I could go and, and, and I give you the whole, my life, I did this, I did that, I did that. I think the best at this, my age now, I feel in a retired setting that I feel so proud of that, that in, in a large school system, it's still 15,000 kids and it's a pretty good size system. Uh, that uh, that is at the center, being whole, and and I, we 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 worked with our staff too. That is not only the kids; you as a staff need to be whole. What do you need? Your physical health, your nutrition, your whatever stress is going through your system. Maybe you attend some you know some yoga classes or whatever whatever you want to do. But but whatever makes you a little more less stressful and. Uh, and then um, be aware of that, that you interact with kids. If you are not whole, it's difficult for you to help them become whole. And so, so the adults also became part of that. Uh, but it's, it has to be lived every day. It has to be, mm -hmm. it, you cannot just say, okay, it's done. And that was my message to the board, as I said, as I was leaving, and there was an amazing gathering of people. And, um, and it was very emotional. My kids were there, my wife and, and some other friends. Um, but it's, um, I think that's what people really are looking for. Mm -hmm. When people feel it, they see it, they know how beautiful it is. But other than that, they are living um, kind of this disjointed, mm -hmm. uh, disconnected uh, life because they don't know. Right. You're talking about being fully human. Fully human. Fully alive in our humanity. Yes. Yes. I, um, I happen to be actually honoring, we were honoring 
yesterday uh, a memorial service, one of the very great community leaders in Seattle area. Um, he passed away a few days ago. Um, Al Sugiyama, you may not know, uh, he was 66, probably 65, 66. I worked so closely with them during my time in Seattle schools. Um, we went there, my wife and I, and there were a lot of people, including the mayor of Seattle and former mayor Norm Rice and everyone and uh, senators and others, you know, because he was such an amazing soul. He did so much for those kids mm -hmm. who didn't have a place to go for 30 years. And he'll raise money, he'll do all kinds of things raised in a Japanese-American family, and I'm sure who went through internships, you know, uh, mm -hmm. during Second World War, his family probably did. And But he was a rebel student leader, and, <laughs> and so they were showing all of that. People flew from uh, Los Angeles and other places who knew him as an activist. But I was there, and that's what, you know, when people are, Raj, you're back, and then I said, yeah, the mayor, you know, the local here, and then I said, yes. I'm back here and call on me in case you need. But, you know, and this is the part I shared with him. I said, you know, he said, Raj, I went to Northwestern High School. I said, well, really? And this is our mayor of Seattle. And I said, well, which, which school? He said, Timberline. I said, okay, well, it's still doing well. And, but when I shared with him, I said, this is, he said, well, let's meet. I said, sure, I, I, I will give you whatever. I'm, 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 I'm uh, retired, but this is my passion if you want to. Uh, use some of these mm -hmm. in the city or or help the school system. So that's where I feel that our work is now to continue to talk about this. Yeah, the Seattle Public Schools could use a little compassion, <clears throat> a little Raj compassion. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... Are you going to follow up with him? Well, I will. Mm -hmm. oh, well, we are going to go to India for a little bit, and I mentioned this to him, but I'll follow up. Um, oh, he, you know, I knew him very well way back. Oh, you did? Yeah, so he was uh, assistant, I think, to one of the council members in, when I worked for the city. Then he was a senator, I was superintendent of Seattle schools. So we used to connect and meet. But when they, you know, I mean, of course, his job as a mayor, it becomes very, it's busy and a lot of hard work, but... Mm -hmm. But I, I, I think my job is to, the save I talked about, uh, service. Offer my time. I'm not after money. I mean, I reasonably, I was never after money. It always been a reasonably good amount of money uh, I got from my work, and I'm happy with that. And now the idea is what can I give back? Mm -hmm. Then again, my community's key message, how can you do whatever you know or you can help with? But this is also part of my fashion, and I can, I can work with them. I love it, and I could ask you about the the immigration now, but yes. I kind of have a feeling that the answer would be very similar to compassion. I mean, if if you're taking, you know, everything that you've just described as who you are and and what brings life to communities, um, you could apply that to this conversation too. You know, I I feel. Joel, that um, um, any restrictions, yes, there are some bad people, as my grandmother said, <laughs> in every community. What was, what's your grandmother's name, by the way? His name, her name was uh, Tankor. Let me write it down. I, uh, 
it's uh, D-H-A-N-K-O-A-U-R, uh, that's her middle name, but um, she was uh, she was so inspiring to me, and, and, and I think those as when you are little kids, you know, when you're a little kid, and that sort of sticks in your mind, uh, heart, and, and never left. Um, so I channel her whenever <laughs> I'm in, even in Seattle schools, mm-hmm. uh, whenever I'm under difficult situations. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, th- there are some people who do bad things, even employees. Mm-hmm. So by the time they'll come to see me, and a lot of times the attorneys of the school system or my own assistants, they say, well, why do you want to meet with this person, this so-and-so? So I said, Janet, because he's a fellow human being. He's requested to meet with me. Well, mm-hmm. Why I should be afraid of meeting with someone? And Janet was a wonderful woman who worked with me, was assistant. But I, so, Joel, when I'm sitting in that chair, as I said to you before, the person is already hurting, whatever. They, and, and then I could say, okay, now, you know what you did. Yeah, I don't. I know. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm this and that. So, so I, I cannot, in education system or public school systems, I cannot keep you. But what, what do you need from me? Is there something I can do to help you under this difficult time? And that's when people will start crying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where my own humanity was being. I mean, coming out as a person, as a fellow human being, mm-hmm. that making clear that, hey, if you are in my position, this is, you know, you can't do much about this, but I can, I can do something to help you. If there, I have three kids, I need this, I need, I need a little um, three, four months of coverage for my medical, whatever. They said, that, that's fine, we'll take care of it. And, and, and I, I think the people there, the, the bureaucracy, you know, a lot of times will tell you, that, no, 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 this. They respected me enough. It's not that I was always, you know, here's the Mr. Superintendent. Right. They loved me so much. And, okay, Raj, will do it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. But, you know, yeah. that's what it is. And I have to live with that. Mm-hmm. that and, and I'll get letters later on from those people who got fired from our system. They'll be saying some amazing things. So... I'm a deep believer that there, there, is, there is a way, as I talked about Lacey community, there were some business hardcore uh, right, uh, kind of more Republican, of course. Uh, they said we never supported schools uh, financially, like on a, on a bond or whatever. So one time, you know, this guy was sharing with me, and we got 68% support that time. And they, that school system had never gotten that kind of support before. And for a huge amount of money, 170, mm. and I got 100%. We got 100% approval from the chamber and everyone, the businesses and the city council. Uh, I think it was all because of the good work going on and the communications and connecting with them. Look, your own kids. This is your own school system. We need your help. And so then the one guy I still remember. He, I said, Well, I'm, I'm. Thank you for supporting, but can I ask you? Why didn't you support before? These are kids. These are kids. They're not Republican kids. They're not Democratic kids. They're kids. Yeah, what do you say? Well, you know, then his answer was, to some extent, you know, he says, well, Raj, you have been so transparent 
finances and finances were not in very good shape when I got there and that was the same thing in Seattle so I'm a very um, strong on that that you need to manage your resources you know efficiency effectiveness and all of that so we had done well so he talked about that uh, that our tax dollars are used effectively and secondly you have been very clear about performance you held high standards and delivered and the graduation rates and all of that stuff. And we communicated that very well. Mm -hmm. So there were some reasons on that side, but there was this built-in thing in certain segments of the this far-right part of the community. No, we don't need to support schools. They have enough money. And and so it was, it was constant conversation with people like that, mm -hmm. regular. And I, I can, you know, talk to the, uh, our communications folks, that we cannot go to people just when we need their help. We need to be out there all the time with them and letting them know these are their schools. We come and go. The community stays. That's powerful. Yeah, it's a long-term mindset. Like we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And we got the sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it also seemed like the, the idea really was alive. You know, and it started to gain traction and then there was momentum behind it and people started to see the results. And I mean, if you're a parent and, and your kid is ending up in the, yes, you know, in detention or what, whatever it is, but getting disciplined on a regular basis and that starts to turn around, how happy are you as a parent? Absolutely right. Oh, I no. mean, it makes everything better. It makes the home life better. Yes, yes. And absolutely right. For example, the, the kids with special needs, mm -hmm. they'll act up and then a lot of time teachers and principals, I know, they get frustrated, they get so... So whenever a, a, a serious thing will come to me and um, the woman who was heading the whole area was a very compassionate woman, Dr. Dejeev. I said, Mary, I know, I know what these people are saying, but I said, I know your heart. Just imagine being the parent of this child for a day. What are they going through every day? So at least for these six hours with us, we can be compassionate. We can ignore some of the things, you know, because that's, we can help them, but we, but we have to live with a little bit of this. This is part of our work. Mm -hmm. Because what else are you gonna do? Where else are they gonna go? You send them home, then what? Mm -hmm. And the same thing with, with, with this um, prosecuting attorney. We connected deeply with them because some of the, you know, juvenile, sometimes kids, you know, the guns and all kind of stuff. And one time this one kid brought a gun and he, he was, he had a very difficult life and he was trying to be, apparently uh, what, said was he, he sh started shooting in, in the high school and we had to uh, it was a serious thing and oh. so we have to uh, he got almost not killed because I mean I almost could have been killed but the police uh, the guy one of the resource officer was there but there were so many kids around he couldn't because he was shooting and up anyway so and so nobody got hurt but it became a major story even nationally so when the time came, you know, for him to be tried, he was 17 years old, um, moved from school to schools and family issues, 
um, who knows what has gone through his life. Mm-hmm. I, uh, we, we talked to the prosecuting attorney and everyone else, and I actually went to the hearing. Um, the judge asked me, um, Mr. Superintendent, you are here, anything you want to share. And then I shared my thoughts, and I said, we actually have nothing against this child, and, and the case is here because he brought gun and shot it in the school, and any people could, kids could have been killed, adults could have been killed. But when it comes to him, I said, Your Honor, we will be so happy if you can um, not try him. I mean, this was with the attorney and not send him to a, a, a regular kind of adult, you know. Right, a prison. Prison. And juvenile prison with minimum where he will get some help. Right. And that's what happened. And it, it really warmed my heart. Not that only me, but of course, our people had done earlier work with the prosecuting attorney's office. But I talked to him directly, that same guy, John Thunheim, who whom I was, I, he said, Raj, we're going to do it. And I said, John, you know, you, you guys keep on saying good things about me, but all of you can do the same thing, but still be very effective in your job. You know, like the school system ended up doing. Performance was very good. But why we want to sacrifice the humanity side of us? Mm-hmm. And that's what... That's what I think, Jill, I mean, Joel, in, in general, my whole life, my whole story, my, I think the key reason of my success in whatever I did, and not only people said you did very well, I mean, people appreciated immensely, but I kind of, I think that's what was the, at the core. Yeah, I mean, I, I know numbers, I know engineer. I mean, I systems, structures, I manage large organizations, you understand budgets, you understand, you know, all of those things have taken so many, whatever courses people sent our way, but in trainings, and you go to this or that, and, and throughout my time with banking, with the city, with the school systems, I've done a lot of those, but it is that it comes down to very basic things, our, our Humanity, our compassion, our love for each other, and um, doing the right thing, being authentic, being wholesome, um, and staying focused on what you're there to do. In my case, I always looked at in school systems, my customers are really, quote unquote, customers are students. It's not even parents. How are they doing? Mm-hmm. Socially, emotionally, as I said, and also academically. Are we preparing them to be good citizens of tomorrow? And um, so that, and in, in even in Seattle schools, I had to say a couple of times to the board, and, and I said, you know, uh, you can say, I report to you folks, seven of you, and that's the only school system in the state which has seven board members, rest of them generally have five. Seven of you, I said, you know, but I, said, I looked at them with a smile, uh, the executive session. I said, you know, but I really work for kids. I really don't work for you. That's my own compass. I honor you. I, I work with you. I do whatever. 
But so don't worry whenever you feel I'm not the right person to do this. So four of you with majority come and let me know. I'll walk out of here. But don't have to make big deal about this comment, that comment publicly made. Did you get anybody shuffling in their seats after you well, said that? Well, they did. And, and actually, you know, they loved me. I mean, even right. the ones who never supported me in policy issues, some mm -hmm. things, which is okay. Mm -hmm. And they'll say sometimes things in the media. And I used to tell them, why do you say this? Why? And, and the most beautiful thing I want to share with that is, I'll, I'll tell you, one of my, I think she generally supported me. I won't name names, but she was very um, angry person always and uh, even at board meetings and during breaks and they're rah, rah, you know, this is not happening that no, no, no. very angry so they did a little dinner for me and and board and me just us and um, and she says well i want to do the toast and start start the toast and so she said something, I won't, I don't remember exact words, but it's something like, Raj, throughout your time here, you stayed up here with all the things thrown at you from us, from me, and community, of course, and other staff and other people. And then she started saying in a very emotional way, which I didn't know that she has that kind of emotion, <laughs> that someday I'm going to be, I want to be like you. I, that, just, that was the highest reward mm -hmm. I got. I, and then I told her, and I said, please don't put me on a pedestal. I, I said, you all of you know me well. I am who I am. I'm like an open book. I don't have anything hidden. No agendas. I'm just here to do the right thing for kids. And you guys are part of the team. But I said, what you are saying, that's for yourself. I'm happy if you want to, if you felt that whatever I did, you liked. And so long you connect. It's my behavior. It's that behavior, not me. Mm -hmm. It's that way of being. It's, you're not really, uh, it's not about me or you or anybody. It's that's how that's what gives you some warmth. I'm I'm sensing. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway, I think that's uh, that. You know, when you look back, your life's um, what is the reward for for your whole life? Those moments, I think about. Um, you know, the work we did in Lacey. And there are a lot of other examples in my life, you know, my whole journey. Uh, I think about, they are the reward. That's what, that's what you, that's what brings a smile on your face. Mm -hmm. It's not how much, how many cars you have, how many this mm -hmm. or that, so. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it, Duel. If anybody wants to reach out to you, how can they? contact you well i i think you have the email and i it's okay for me to share yeah email. yeah if there is some interest i mean i'm open as i said if somewhere people want me to speak mm -hmm. actually i was at uw the other day and um some professor some uh, dean i think he's a folk with the far east asian studies and i used to be one of the uh, advisory committee members and 
reached out and he recognized me. I have a beard. I didn't have a beard before, so he recognized me. He said, Raj, you know, why don't you come back? So I'm thinking that I'll find places, avenues where I can go and speak and on leadership. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the lessons I learned. And is there information about the compassionate schools and compassionate cities that, it, that you've developed? Can people take that and... I, 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 we did develop, actually, they even produced a video, City did at that time, you know, for, it's basically comments from a lot of different people, mayor and council members, myself and others, what compassion means to them. But I, I, I can check on, you know, Kourni, Sharif, how far they have gone. I think there are, they, they have a, they have some sites and information available mm-hmm. on certain things how much i don't know but but there there are I, I was more into really do the things right yeah. and and it does come down to that yeah. but if, if it always takes a first step yes you know and it's helpful to have um some sort of guidance yes especially if you're trying to convince seven people yes <laughs> yes or you're trying to get hired yes no i have some friends who who are educators oh really and, yeah um one of them's down in la Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them's local in Mukilteo. Ah, um, but they're they're always looking for, you know, ways to help their kids. Yeah, I think my as as I was talking to you, I enjoy if there is a class or some leadership group. Mm-hmm. People wanna want me to share, and then I love is when people ask questions. You mm-hmm. know, so you can explain different situations and things it's not a book kind of thing as right. i said it's more of experience life experience thing yeah. from these multiple um area multiple areas of of my my work uh, <laughs> banking has nothing to do with city mm-hmm. and city and nothing you know schools but it it, it all came together you know, the core values I talked about, that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's the way of being. Yes, the way of being. Absolutely So it doesn't right. matter what the vocation is or the, exactly right. the task at hand. Yep. You can bring this. And, and this way of being is something yep. that will, it, it applies to every human being everywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I became, I mean, the, over there, there is a hospital, um, the largest hospital in Olympia area, um, Providence, St. Peter's Providence. And I'm on the board, and I and they wanted me to continue. I still go there once once a month, and another meeting like on phone mostly, but because that is something I they they asked me about three years ago when I was superintendent there, they, can you join? And I said, well, what can I do? But then I realized actually this is something, health industry I don't know much about. It'd be great for me to be on, and actually I'm really really enjoying it, enjoying it so much that uh, the seven o'clock meeting in the morning over there, I started driving here like 4.45 in the morning. Mm. And I'm happy mm-hmm. because it's just, uh, this is a new area. The medical industry is changing and, and I'm learning and, and I'm contributing. So there's some conferences, there's some other things. So I'm involved in, so anything which is new and compassion is part of their core thing, mm-hmm. hospital. Uh, any anyone in the <clears throat> excuse me anyone in the health services yes 
I mean, it would seem it would seem yes. like com- compassion should be yes the starting point. That's right for everything. Absolutely. Yeah, there's been a lot of bureaucracy and administration that has really shaken that industry up and taken taken that out of. Absolutely, it needs to. You're right. It's at the middle people, the insurance companies, and others. Uh, pharmaceutical, mm-hmm. but a lot will change. I think it will change. I have a, I have a confidence it will change so thank you for your, your positive outlook well thank you for coming i this this turned out to be very good i haven't done this for some time i used to do regularly with is this your first podcast yeah this is my first podcast mm-hmm. are we are we thanks for sharing yeah, with me. of course thank you well what do you think Raj is amazing, huh? Um, such a tender spirit, um, unique soul, and you know, just brings a sense of kind of like the the wisdom elder. Um, that's that, that was my sense when I was sitting with him. That he was just imparting wisdom from all of his experiences and from what he understands to be the the through lines for you know, approaching life from a place of humility and compassion and and what that can actually do. So I hope you enjoyed that. Again, if you want to look at the show notes, you can find those at lyman.space, that's L-I-M-E-N dot space slash emerging future. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to patreon.com slash emerging future. And if you want to come plant some trees, pull some weeds, build some trails, Come hang with me in Cheesty Green Space. And you'll find that info at cheesty.org. C-H-E-A-S-T-Y dot org. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.